What's happening, guys? Happy Sunday, and thank you for joining another special episode of Your Welcome. Guys, UFC 284 just wrapped up, and on today's show, I want to talk to you about Islam Makhlchev's first title defense, Volkanovski's incredible toughness, and the wild performance from the new Trump featherweight champion, Yair Rodriguez. I'm going to get to so much more than that, but guys, let's start here. Well, I mean, I got to tell you, I'm not being completely sincere within this, but it is a conversation. Every single industry has something called a standard of the industry. If you ever end up in court over a business deal, you will quickly find out, regardless of the contract, how important an industry standard is to be followed. If you were to go back to the sport of boxing, any way that they want to do it, the way MMA should be done right now, but you could also go into uh, NCAA athletics. It wouldn't matter if you were football, baseball, basketball, wrestling match. Would not make one bit of difference within the NCAA. You have a home court advantage. What does that mean? That means if you're the guy from home and the judges have an opportunity to stick it up the other guy's ass, including unjustly, they will. That's all it means. Did you watch the Olympics? The last games, it was supposed to be 2000, maybe 2001. Did you watch those Olympics? Okay, you took place in Tokyo? You had, you had more Japanese medalists than you have in a hundred years. Should I go back to 96 when it was on American soil? We're not above it. Out in Atlanta, the Kurt Angle years, if you will. We had more Olympic champions because we're on American soil. It's the way it works. Everybody knows that's the way it works. And we get three judges that get on a plane, they go out to New Zealand, and they scored that under the unified rules, by God. Yeah, you sure did. Unified rules, interesting contest. I'm not positive that you got it right, but I don't really live in that world that comes in and questions judges. There was some very meaningful positions that I think you'd have a hard time explaining. I don't, I don't begrudge your decision that you saw that, that Islam won. What I begrudge is the lack of courage that you showed by giving Islam the fight and not doing what we have an industry standard of doing and giving it to the hometown guy. The hometown guy who was undersized, who's the only one that had any interest there tonight, that had all of the crowd and the momentum going, so the world's going to understand it. There was a three to one underdog. You give it to the guy. That is what the standard of our industry says. You can disagree with me. You'd be on the right side to disagree with me. But I will stand by the point nonetheless. How do you possibly go over to New Zealand, have a fight that was supposed to be a one-sided ass kick, and it ends up being a back-and-forth battle, and you don't give it, you don't give it to Volkanovski. Tell me one fight in history and bring boxing into it. Tell me one time in boxing or MMA history that we haven't screwed the other guy. And I will go a little bit further. Sure I will. There is an unwritten rule in fighting, in combat. Start with the sport of wrestling. If two guys are doing the same thing, but one guy is bigger 
And it's very relevant because we end up with this in the heavyweight class. In the heavyweight class that's separated by 60 pounds, one guy can be meaningfully bigger. Now they're out there doing the same thing, but the bigger guy is going to be pushing the smaller guy backwards. He just is. He's bigger. You don't call the, you don't call the smaller guy for stalling. Not when you can tell it's just a size issue. So if you want to come down to octagon control tonight, it barely favored Islam, barely. But the size discrepancy, it's a straight push. I would love to take the fourth round by example. Two minutes of the fourth round, might have been the third as I'm saying the story, Islam's on the back of Volkanovsky. Now, Islam's got a pretty good position. He's got his hooks in. You know what that meant, just so we can all be real clear? They were doing this. Just so we're all clear. Does this scare you? Does this scare the hell out of you guys? Does this look like a real posing thing? If I do this to you in front of a police officer, is he going to come over and tell me I've done something wrong? I mean, after all, my legs are touching. Okay, well, that, that's, that's what Islam did. He touched his legs like this. And he was around what looked like the head and the arm. Volkanovsky. Great. That looks like a pretty good start to a position, but either way, that's it. His hands were busy. One of them on the wrist, one of them trying to come around the neck. And his face was getting peppered by Volk, who was doing this. I mean, he looked like a cartoon character, right? He looks silly. He's clearly, this isn't a defensive or an offensive strategy. This is clearly a desperate man. But it was a desperate man that saw a face, made a fist, and punched it. And I would think when scoring an ass-whipping contest, you'd probably care about which guy made a fist and rammed it into the other guy's face. He was so effective with it that Islam let the wrist go and started throwing some of his own in. Now, Islam got outdone five to one. Islam did land some shots. He got hit five to one more than he hit. But Islam letting the choke go and starting to do the hits is the admission to you all that we are looking for damage and he's doing more than me. So let me let my choke go and let me just get a couple of these hits in. And the judges gave him that round. How? How? And you might have a case for it. I'm asking you how. I've seen this more times than not, where somebody will be in what we believe to be a dominant grappling position, but he'll do nothing with it. I see this all the time. Lahal Muhammad versus Damian Maya is one of the finest examples on this because they stayed on their feet. They stayed on their feet, but here's, here's Lahal over. He's tied up. How are you going to score that? The gentleman, gentleman that trains with with Sterling, Disha uh, Lavili, fighting Jose Aldo, be a great example of it. Now they stayed on their feet. That was much more like, like Maya and Muhammad. These guys were on the ground. So it would appear to you, it would appear that Islam was in a better position. I mean, after all, his feet were doing this. <laughs> and his arms, but they were doing this. But two minutes later, he's getting punched in the face. And let me, let, me, let me have a guess here. You gave that round, and moreover, you even gave that position to Islam. Why? How? How? If, if we're fighting, guys, 
and I'm over here reading the newspaper. I'm barely even paying attention to you. But every now and then, bonk, right? Bonk, and I keep hitting you in the face. Now you're moving around, boy. You look good. You got parries. You got roll the rope of dope. You're throwing some teeps to the air, but you don't ever touch me. Do you see that whether I was in a good position, whether I was taking it serious, where I was reading my paper or not, if I'm hitting you and you aren't hitting me, do you see where in a fist fight that should favor me? Because I guarantee you that round and that position, I guarantee you went to Islam. How are you going to be a judge within combat? The dirtiest sport ever. Our sport is so dirty that the government had to be brought in to regulate it. You're going to go to New Zealand that's sold out for one guy who's a three-to-one dog. Oh, by the way, he's outsized. Surprises everybody, wins rounds, wins moment, wins scrambles, and you don't give him the fight. You didn't show courage. You didn't show courage by going out there and doing the right thing making it a 10-9, no matter where it is, seeing through that bias, saying to hell with the New Zealand crowd. You didn't do any of those things, and you wouldn't have done it in Brazil. When the Brazilian crowd was chanting, you will die, you little judges, you'd have done the right thing, believe me. And you'd have screwed them and given it to the hometown guy. You didn't respect New Zealand. New Zealand didn't say you were going to die. Matter of fact, they were drinking disgusting beer out of a boot. I mean, I don't really blame you, but in all fairness, that's what happened. Don't think you're going to show your head around me with some level of courage. You took our industry, you took a standard that we have, you went into the underdog, undersized hometown who outperformed every expectation and you did not give him the fight. You are a coward, all three of you. All right guys, we're at that point, right? What do we do now? What do we do now? It's only responsible if we try to look to the future. There's a couple of good things that come out of doing these matches, right? We have resolution and this whole sport is only one thing. It's conflict and then conflict resolution. But we still have to wonder what you do next. It's very hard to bask in the glow. Like imagine you're Islam. Really hard spot to be in. You gotta go on the road, it's your first title defense. Your coach is now not going to be with you. The crowd is a three to one favorite over at DraftKings. I mean, the crowd is expecting you to win. So now if you go out and beat a world champion who's never lost, who by the way is ranked number one in the world pound for pound, you don't really get your credit. It was expected. That's a hard way to leave the locker room, guys. It's a hard motivation. It's a hard way to keep that focus. When the whole world is telling you this other guy's got no shot, three to one you, every upset in history, involves one similar ingredient. The athlete who's upset found himself in a match that was harder than he thought it was going to be. You will go into every single environment with some level of expectation. And you might really plan for a bad day. You might think that you covered your bases, but if it turns out to be harder than you thought it was gonna be, it's very hard to regroup. So I'm just sharing with you from Islam's perspective. Tough to do. Very tough to think you're going to move on. Right? You bring a Charles Oliveira, you, you sit him in the front row, just by example. Well, what, what are you going to do with him? Charles Oliveira from Brazil just wanted to go out to Perth, Australia to watch fight? I mean, I don't put you guys as very smart guys, right? I know that I'm the professor here, but you're not that dumb. He was brought there for a reason. It's the, the, the weight class that he was just champion at. 
but they didn't turn to him. They didn't do anything with him. And again, I just want to go back to what Islam was up against. And just so you do understand, if Islam would have lost, do, do you see where there's really no need for Charles? Do you see where, oh my goodness, we got to rematch this, would come in and just make sense? So what do you do now? Dana White says this was record setting, possibly record breaking. I felt it. There was something big on that. Do you rematch them? It was certainly competitive. I don't know if you can get enough people to come out and scream fire for some of those positions. A third round where two minutes of it, Volk is on his, Islam is on Volk's back, but Volk's hitting him. I mean, it was almost comical. Volk can't even see him. It's not as though he's ever prepared for that. It's not as though that's a strategy. I get that. It's still an ass-whipping contest. He still took a fist and ran it into the other guy's face repeatedly while not having that done to him. I think that that's interesting. I think there's a discussion there. I don't know if we're going to have it. I mean, it looks as though Volk has his answer. Can we agree on that? It looks as though... Volk, who woke up today world champion and will wake up tomorrow world champion, now has a number one contender, slides right back on down to 145, and he deals with Uriah Rodriguez. That would be the, the path of least resistance. I don't know that Volk or company is really equipped with the tools that would be needed to shake that up, to stay at 55, to get the rematch. So we probably figured it out, right? Volk's probably headed down. He's going to deal with Rodriguez. Interesting match. Interesting match because we see guys when they get defeat never be the same. This was not that kind of fight. Volk was not hurt. Volk was not embarrassed. Volk was not knocked out. All the same, he will be going into his next fight different than he ever has before. He has never been walking in there off of a loss. Does that create an opportunity for Rodriguez? Great. Little bit of a storyline. Let's go back to Islam. So here, here you've got Islam at 155 pounds. We brought out Charles Oliveira, who you already dealt with. No other 55-pounders calling you out. You're not really good at doing this yourself. You know, those things really are important. I mean, there's times in this sport where we'll just look at some resumes. We'll just kind of look at a ranking and who did what, and they'll both get a phone call. They never asked for it. We weren't heading that direction. They both get a phone call. That could be what happens here. I would have a very difficult time sitting before you guys with a straight face and any level of integrity and tell you that somebody else should have an opportunity that isn't Benny Darush. I'd have a really hard time doing that. Now, I could do it for this one. Because whether he's got seven in a row or not, I can do it for this one because he's got an undefeated world champion coming in. It's just an anomaly. It's one of those things that falls in your lap. you got to go deal with it. But I bring that to you because the invincibility of Islam, I think, has been questioned. Now, that's up to you guys. I think it's been questioned. We saw him lose rounds. We saw him lose sequences. We saw him not just go out and dominate wrestling. No, no, Ferris, he looked awesome. He looked like the best fighter in the world. These are good things. These are good, positive things. That means you're competing with the right guys. I just share with you. 
I would be very interested not only in that fight with Benny, I'd be interested in the line. Who would be the favorite in that? If you looked at what Benny just did and who he did it with, how hard he is to outgrapple, the size of him, the endurance and the pace, interesting fight. Possibly the direction we're going to go, but those guys aren't going to help themselves. Benny's not going to go call for this fight. Islam's not going to go call for this fight. But it still seems like the one that we could do. And I do think that Islam needs to get right back on that horse real quick. I don't think it was fair what happened to him tonight. I mean, I don't think that's fair to be the heir apparent to the king, who, by the way, you find out isn't going to come corner you. You got to walk in a three to one dot. Everybody's booing you. You really have never done anything bad. You just called this guy short, right? I mean, not even profanity. It's a really tough spot. And then to not get any credit for it, I think that's hard. But that's life. And you pack up and you move forward. And I think the way to move forward and to get Islam the credit that he quite possibly deserves. Put him in there with the right guy, who right now is Benny Darush. Oh, guys, Emmett and Rodriguez. Now, I just hope when these things are done, I, I do hope when these things are done, and maybe falsely, but I hope that you guys then give me my credit. I mean, I hope when these things are done, you get a real good look at what happened. You come back and go, man, that's what Chael told us. Now, there was an injustice done to Uriah Rodriguez in his last fight. Uriah Rodriguez in the very first round in what we believe the number one contenders match against the former title challenger, Brian Ortega, your rear goes to his back to what we know as the guard position. He began to tack a limb, whether it was the elbow, whether it was up here, the joint or the shoulder, but he began to attack a limb of Brian Ortega. The moment that exchange was done, very relevantly understand that, the moment, simultaneous, not later, not a second later. The moment that Brian Ortega freed the limb that was under attack, the limb was damaged, he couldn't continue. That's a victory by submission. Now that was a 16 to one spread for anybody out there that happened to bet that, by the way. But they didn't pay up on it. They didn't pay up because they can't, they have to go by what the commission says and the commission did not rule at that. Now. I can live with that. If you've got the 16 to one, I can live with that too. It's very important though that we do set that record straight because now you have Brian, I apologize, you now have Uriah Rodriguez who has showed and demonstrated a skill set that we didn't know he had. We did not know he was good enough on the ground to submit, injure, and finish in the very first round, Brian Ortega. We just didn't know that. I watched it. I came and told you guys this is what happened. So we get in this fight tonight. This is a great fight. I mean, these two guys really are fun. R Rodriguez is a video game. I've only been able to say that about two other fighters ever. Demetrius Johnson and John Jones. They're just so creative. And I got to put Yuri Rodriguez in there. He's really special. Now Emmett, a little bit more blue collar. He's going to be on you. He's going to outwork you. He's going to hit you hard. He ain't ever going to go away. We get it. It's straight up. 
But through all of the analysis and all of the breakdowns and all, all of the odds and all of the prop bets on this fight, nobody was picking Rodriguez to win by submission. And nobody thought he was going to win it from his back. And nobody thought it would be a basic triangle and nobody thought it would be that early in the fight, except for one guy. One guy has been bringing this to you since they left Long Island six months ago. Me. Telling you how good this guard is. Talking to you about some of the rubber guard, influenced techniques, heavy inflexibility, disguising him, disguising their elbows at times. It's now two in a row and everybody's got Mr. Surprise Face on. Everybody but me. Now, I tried to share this with you guys as we were talking about Islam versus Volkanovsky, which I just tried to remind you that historically speaking, who is a number one ranked guy in the world that had deficits in any position? Because the belief on this is that Islam's going to take him down at will and keep him there. Possibly pass his guard, possibly finish him, either by pounding him or subbing him. This was a really common belief. But for Islam to be able to do that to Volk, who nobody's ever done that to, Volk would have to have a massive weakness in that area, even if it was the area of strength to his opponent. Tell me a number one guy over history that anywhere within that cage was lost and didn't know what he was doing. Couldn't protect himself at all times, the most basic rule. I told you this is silly. I hear about a size advantage. I can't recall a time that size has been an advantage. I know it's a disadvantage. I know where it started from. Some of your fathers had to suffer the same embarrassment that many other fathers had to, which is around the water cooler the next day, they had to explain why their son got his ass kicked at recess. And it was never once because that guy was a better fighter. It was never once, hey, he was ready, my guy was ready, they got to it first. Never once. It was always little Timmy wasn't big enough. Always. Always the guy was older and or the guy was bigger. Every father in history whose son got beat up. None of them, it was a fair fight. None of them started it. None of them asked for it. And they were all undersized. And I'll just share with you, that's not what we see in fighting. No. The history of this and the history of champ champ status greatly favors the smaller guy coming up. I just think that we, we do need to learn these things because you will have people that are experts with this sport. They're going to look at Khabib and then they're going to look at Islam. They're going to come on. They're going to tell you how great they are at takedowns. These are Jordan Burrow as takedowns. And that's a nice thing to say. Believe me, I get how you come to that deduction. You go watch five rounds of their fights. They're going to have five takedowns, right? I, I do understand how you come to that conclusion. Make sure you understand that they get them the same way, which is they push a guy against the fence first. Not out in the open. You saw Islam try to make that mistake tonight, right? Islam did what we call a head to, head to the outside single. Some guys will call it a high crutch. It's a head to the outside single. If you have one leg in MMA, you have nothing. I will start a fight no matter how good you are. You can have my leg. Now, if you grab my leg, you grab my... I now got both of your hands, don't I? Go right ahead. Go right ahead. Keep that leg all day. I just share with you. You don't have anything. And you saw Islam do it. 
Islam, who's a great wrestler, versus a guy who's never had a wrestling match. And you saw the guy that didn't have the wrestling match come out of that scramble. It's not a lack of wrestling. It's not a lack of fatigue. You can't have one leg in the sport. You got two legs, you got the body, or you have nothing. So if we are going to learn from tonight, if we are going to acknowledge how good your rear offers back, good for us. We've done our job. But if you are also going to acknowledge that if you want to stay on top or on your feet with some of these guys from Dagestan, it's not just about the wrestling. It's about the specific position. Volkanovski didn't come in tonight knowing anything you guys didn't know. He just kept his back off the fence, just like Chael said he needed to do. All right, guys, that's it for today's episode. Thank you for listening. And remember, if you want to support the program, you can leave me a review on Apple Podcasts and also give me a five-star review on Spotify. I'm going to have more UFC 284 reaction on Tuesday's show. And tell that I'm Chael Sonnen. You are welcome. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.